Hey to all my Florida Live music fans, make sure to head to Ocala on June 25th where I'll be playing a free hour-long outdoor concert opening for Thomas McCleary from the world-famous Commodores. This event is the grand finale of the Levitt Amp Ocala Music Series, and it'll take place at Webb Field at the Martin Luther King Jr. Recreation Complex located at 1510 Northwest 4th Street. All kicks off at 7 p.m. Hope to see you there. So today's guest is a brilliant actor best known for his appearances in Walt Before Mickey, The Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney, the CMT series Nashville, which I'm a huge fan of, and he's frontman for Diamond Rock's The Legendary Concert Tribute to Neil Diamond. And admittedly, we reconnected recently after I spotted him in an episode of Drop Dead Diva, which I incidentally happened to be binge-watching at the time. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Hey, I'm Solomon J, and welcome to Beyond Mediocre, where I get to sit and talk with creative professionals about what they are doing to push beyond mediocre. Now, before we get into it, if you can please hit subscribe to show support for shows like this and click the notification bell to stay in the loop and updated on new episodes. Now, today we have another very special guest, Mr. Don Lampkin. Don, thank you very much for being here. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to, <laughs> honor to be here with you, Solomon. Yeah, I'm glad you can make it, and I'm digging the hat, actually. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, um, just a little bit about yourself. Uh, a little bit about me. I've... Uh, grew up in, uh, in, in performing. I've never had another job outside huh. of performing. Wow. And it started with the you know, high school I went, which is a theater school in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. You know, from there I did theme parks like Six Flags and a couple other dinner shows, and Riverfront dinner shows. Then I went to Nashville and was hired to do an Opryland. Oh, sweet. Which was all live music and all live orchestra. It's the best. But we also had corded mics at that time. So okay. I'm, I'm really aging myself. First of all, <laughs> Opryland's not there anymore. So not only were we singing and dancing, you know, there was a show called Way Out West, but um, the microphones were corded. So any movement that you did, and there was a lot of dancing in there too. We, everything was choreographed around not getting the mics tangled, you know. <laughs> but it was a great place. A lot of performers yeah. at Opryland at that time, you know, went on to on to Broadway, mm -hmm. uh, which I have a huge interest in as well. Right after Opryland, I went to Disney World. Okay. And I've been at Disney for thirty years, and now after thirty years, I'm no longer there because of the COVID thing. So I got let go, right? Yeah. But I performed, uh, I opened the studios in 1989. Wow. Disney MGM Studios at the time, and they changed the name to Hollywood Studios. And uh, I did some singing there, but mostly I was an MC, you know? I hosted celebrities that came, they put their handprints in cement, you know, that old tradition. Yeah. And so I've interviewed over 2,000 celebrities there. Oh, jeez. Uh, hosted many shows, you know, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Let's Make a Deal, Superstar Television. <laughs> Indiana Jones, and then I did Lights, Motors, Action, which was an extreme stunt car driving show. But I was always been, uh, you know, the, That's the host. Awesome. But most notably, what people will know is the voice mm. of Disney. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Disney's Animal Kingdom. In just a few moments, please take your seats as we be due to inclement weather. We so I did a lot of voiceovers for those 30 That's years awesome. for Disney. Uh, some of them are still being in use as well. But Disney uh, 
you know, because of the times, it, it was hard, mm. especially at this age. So my whole life, and in, in addition to what I told you about how I grew up, so 30 years and all of a sudden, nothing. What do you do? Well, you freak out a little bit, you get yeah. depressed a little bit. Like, well, what else can I do? Uh, luckily, during that time that I was at Disney, and this isn't the first time this has happened that I was worried about Disney, mm. okay? It happened during 9-11. Do you remember this? Oh. So, yeah. you know, Disney had closed the park, and in order to get back and get the economy back and everything else with Disney, they let go of all their musicians. So the first to be let go is the musicians. Jeez, I didn't know about that. And here, you know, I'm hosting a show over there, and I was like, well, gosh, what if I lost my job? Well, what, what could I be doing? And somebody said, well, Don, you should, you should sing Neil Diamond. You like Neil Diamond. You sound like him, so do a, you know, why don't you do a, a Diamond tribute show? And I said, no. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the tributes. You know, they, they try too hard to be somebody else that they're not. They're just creepy people. <laughs> but, and I, I started doing some research and I said, nobody's doing that big band. You know, the big concert band with Neil Diamond. And I said, what's going to make the difference for me to do it is I'm going to talk about Neil in the show. I'm going to tell his stories. I'm going to tell my personal stories because I'm such a fan. And that will make a difference yeah. from an impersonator to doing actual tribute. Now, I have the resemblance of Neil at the time uh, and the voice, you know. So, and I got these musicians from Disney. They were all out of work. And I said, let's do this. But I'm going to make it big. Hmm. Okay? I want the big band. I want the concert That's band. How you do nobody's it. doing it. And I had everything scored which was key, written out, horn section, you know, yeah. three horns, everything written out. The reason being is because it's, since it's such a big band, there's, it, it's hard to take, you know, 13 people to another state and set up. Yeah. So you take your core band, mm -hmm. you bring the music, you hire the local musicians, we go through a rehearsal, we do the ins and outs, all they have to do is read the music and we have a show. That is the, that's... Absolutely the way to do it. I'm a huge proponent of that kind of thing. Yeah. And it adds an extra layer of professionalism to it, too. It makes people look at you like, oh, he's a real musician. Yeah, which, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's, um, it, it, it's that comfort there. Because, you know, most don't. They're using karaoke tracks or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I'm not. Now, either. we do use sweetener tracks, you know. Yeah. But uh, even right after that, when we started doing uh, the... The show is called Diamond Rocks. Uh, we booked a gig in Alaska, um, a cruise, uh, seven days, three times, so three weeks on the cruise. I was able to bring my core band in, and when the curtain opened, we hooked up with the musicians on the ship, and their backup vocals on the ship. When that curtain opened, we had a 13-piece band, and they'd never had that size band on that ship before. Uh, so like I said, 9-11 happened, and then I just took those musicians, and... Uh, held on to them and they were dedicated because uh, I tried to pay as what I could at the time mm. but here's the other key too always pay your musicians yeah and I pay them I pay them first day I pay them through rehearsals and, and everything because you use that kind of money and they they will stay with you so that's the story on that and well let me first say with regards to the the approach to the tribute mm -hmm. I'm a big fan 
of that approach and I've I've always felt the same way I, I I'm the kind that can can adjust my voice to fit different kind of scenarios mm -hmm. speaking voice and you know in terms of singing and whatnot and I while I can come close to impersonating some people it never feels to me like it's all the way there. Mm -hmm. I play it back and I'm not thoroughly convinced. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I never, ever, ever do is try to present myself or pass myself off as this person. Yes, this one, like yes. this is my tribute to James Brown. Exactly. I'm not James Brown. Exactly. My tribute to Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. I cannot be yeah. Sammy. <laughs> like, right. All right. of those things. And I feel like people appreciate it more because then your personality and your yes. quirks come through and they actually like it. It doesn't take away so much as add to the performance right. and that's that's fantastic it's a, an emotional con connection first of all your audience already knows the music mm. you know, so they're already connected to it and then you bring your passions with it and they're right there with you because they feel the same way about this music or however you're uh, performing it yeah so it's just my quality of my voice just absent on something you know, and so yeah. there's nothing much that I can change you know Except, you know, do Sammy, man. You know. <laughs> I can't you, even do that. You, you, know, you know, my, my, I'm bent over like this, not because my back is bad, it's because these rings are so darn heavy. <laughs> but. And I, I, just, I cannot pull it off. I can't pull well, it off. Well, don't, you don't, know. you know. Wow, now what do I do? Well, thankfully, as we will discuss, I, you know, bring it up right now I've been uh, really writing a musical uh, initially it's for Broadway but I'm really feeling now it's going to be a movie musical I think it's going to be easier mm -hmm. uh, but it is based on Neil Diamond's song book of over 50 years and I've taken the lyrics of his songs and created a show called New Orleans, uh, called NOLA uh, it takes place in New Orleans you know in the, in the 60s beautiful concept yes and so I created these characters and created a whole story uh, for this musical. And so knock on wood, that's that's still there. But still, Broadway's not going to open for another year now. You know? Right, right. At least we can still record, and then we have a. He's excellent on it. By the way, he's one of the, <laughs> one, of the one of the lead characters in Nola, and we record a lot with Michael Andrew, mm. who a lot of people should know, especially here in Orlando. He did a I'll show himself with. Uh, Jerry Lewis, you know, he did the Nutty Professor. Oh, I musical. didn't know that. Yeah, but uh, Jerry had passed before that to uh, Broadway, um, so he's very much involved. He did all the arrangements, you know, and he does all of our recordings right now to get the concept album out. Really, really fun show, as you know. I'm not yeah. going to give too many more details on it. Yes, yeah. you know, I want to keep it under the hat. But so now what? I started writing a book, 30 years huh. at Disney, strictly the Hollywood Studios. All the shows that I've done, all the celebrities that I've been with, and other shows that I perhaps weren't in, but it was that golden age of Hollywood. Mm. So I have uh, Imagineers in the book, uh, oh, the nice. directors, actors, technicians, uh, stunt drivers, you know, everything involved in this golden age of Hollywood. And it's, it's really a terrific ride in, in itself, you know, and some of the, especially the celebrity interviews that I had and, and the stories that I recall. So that's in the works, but again, you know, a book takes a long time though too, you know, yeah. plus getting the publisher, which I do have. So, um, so that's what else I've been doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
you got to keep those juices flowing, and that's the key. I know we discussed uh, discussed a little bit before uh, we sat down and rolled the camera that you have to have that energy to do it. You have to take the risks. Yeah. Now is the time yeah. to do it. You think there's nothing going on. There's nothing out there. No, you have to create what's going on. Do mm -hmm. it for you. Don't wait on somebody else to tell you. Yeah. Or now we have an open or go audition or go. You know. Because what's frustrating, and I understand a lot of your viewers probably feel this way too, because you've worked so hard and there's so much rejection in this industry. Yeah. And you work so hard and you put your own money into something and then it's like, where's it going? It's not going. You know, what happened? But you can't stop. You go, all right, let me push the river a little bit harder. You know, yeah, man. Let me take the risk a little bit harder. You know, this was just a couple of rocks. You know, we had to dodge. But the water's still going to flow. Those creative juices are still going to flow. Just think of what, what can I do? Even if it's absurd, believe in it, follow that focus, and just keep at it because you never know. Uh, find something nobody else has done before, and even though you think it's crazy and people are like, are you nuts? No. If you're passionate about it, keep to it. Uh -huh. It will happen eventually as long as you stick to it. Yeah. I, I am a real person. We are real people. We are creative people. We can't not not be creative. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We have to be creative. It's the lifeblood. It's the life yes. flowing through us. So how do we do it? How do we make it work? I'm going to give you a you talk to others who want to be in it. You want to work with other people. The more you work with other people and collaborative, yeah, it will go. Don't think you can That's do it everything. on your own. Nobody's successful by themselves. Yeah. Everybody else has helped that person along the way. Yeah. Or, or even vice versa. So just get in there. Find that group of friends. Let's do it. Here's an idea. Let's start this way. And that's your, that's your source. Friends. Especially now, everybody's looking for work. Why don't you tap into that? It's a community. Stick with the community. Keep watching your cast and, other, and others out there as well. Mm -hmm. That's very real. I mean, it, there, there has to be, uh, like a, another friend of mine put it, you got to find small victories. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to figure out how to determine what small victories there are mm -hmm. for yourself. And especially in this kind of scenario where the alternative is nothing at all, you have everything to gain from doing yeah, something. Yeah. You know? It helps to put a timeline on it too. You gotta yeah. be pressured by a deadline. Okay? Even within yourself. Yeah. Say, here's the deadline to get to this point. Always have that uh, dry erase uh, calendar. Yeah. You know, and put on and say, I gotta achieve it here. I gotta achieve it here, and those little victories, and next thing you know, in a month or two, you're like, oh my god, look, look how far we come. I couldn't yeah. have done that without s setting my own deadline. It has to be done. Yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, in writing songs, when do you get your inspiration? Is it at night? Do you just wake up, or are you going to bed and like, oh my god, that's it, and then I have to write something down? Yeah. My more often than not, that little place between sleep and awake. Mm -hmm. When, <laughs> when it's most agitating to have to get up and try to notate right, yeah, something, right. that's when it happens. I'll be like, oh, just about to pass out, and there go all the ideas, and I'm like, ah, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, and you I'll get up and record into the voice memo, and then come to it the next day, or 
Right. First I, thing in the morning, then jot something down. I have a, a notepad next to my bed, and especially writing the book, I was like, oh my gosh, that would be great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I remember that story. And then if you don't do it, I wake up I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? I'm trying to remember what I was thinking last night, you know? <laughs> so now I've forced myself, I, did, I don't care how tired, you know, turn on the light and write it down. Mm. And it's there. You know, everybody had struggles, you know? There's a program now that's on Access and it's called uh, the, the, the Big Interview. Dan Rather. Mm. And it's all musicians. It's really fascinating. Dan Rather. You would, what does he know about music? Yeah. yeah. You know? However, he's fascinating in interviews. And they really just disclosed all the troubles and what they did to, to pull through on a, lot of the, on a lot of that programming. You know? So, we're not alone. But you need that worry. And you need that fear. Yeah. That's what pushes you. As you know, as a stage performer as well, you walk out on that stage, if you're not prepared... But that's that feel. Okay, here I go. I'm going to jump out of the airplane and step on that stage and see what's going to happen. Yeah. Anything can go wrong. It's all, okay, I'm going to lose the lyric. I'm going to, you know, just, my microphone's not going to be plugged in, you know. I had a show. I walked out, grabbed the microphone, and boom, hit my tooth. And now I, it felt like, oh, my God. And I have to get, I just opened. I was like, oh, my God. I wonder if I, I wonder how big <laughs> did the whole tooth Is come it out? gone? Is it gone? You know how they like it? I was like. But it was just a little bit, but nobody noticed. But when you're on stage and you're taking your tongue and going, holy crap. Yeah. I lost a whole tooth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I got to keep going. Anything going on? Yeah. So, but uh, it's just a funny story. Um, But it's, we love that fear. You have to have it. If you're not nervous going on stage, then you're not doing it. Uh, Carol Burnett said this in, oh, in her probably. audio book. She's really, really great. And this is when she was first starting out, and she had this whole show in Yeah, the Carol uh, Burnett New show? York. Not the Carol Burnett oh, show. This is pre Carol Burnett. And it was a hit on Broadway, and it was, it was a uh, stand up, basically, mm. is what she was doing. And then she felt so confident about it, she went on the stage. And she did the same performance as she always done with standard ovations, and this audience didn't get it. And she goes, I can't relax. I lost them. You lose something without that little bit of nerves. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. You know, do something to make yourself a little bit, even if it's just changing something in the song or what you want to talk about during that performance. Yes. And you know you're leading up to it. It's just enough energy to, to uh, keep that to the spark going. I'm a big proponent of of shifting things just a little bit. I, I, I make myself crazy doing it sometimes because mm-hmm. my wife knows, and anybody who's who has shared the stage with me knows that I get borderline debilitating stage fright before any time really? I go onto stage. Yeah. yeah, it's my heart is racing like yeah. a million miles an hour. I I can't make the stuff up. It's it's ridiculous. I mm-hmm. I get the crazy sweats, <laughs> and then I go on the stage and I. Ah, you know, yeah. and yeah. that's so different. And then you're so high afterwards, you know. Yeah, adrenaline like it just feels great. Yeah, but I'm I'm aware of that stage, you know, fright too. Not as it doesn't sound as severe as you. 
because I can't stop the lyrics going through. I said, I already know them. I already know them. I already know them. You know? Yeah. I lay in bed. Stop. I already know it. But it just keeps getting into your head. Yeah. But then you're like, you're singing. You're like, oh, okay, is it coming? Is there? And I'm like, Lord, please give me that next lyric. I have to go. Oh, and it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but it is fun. Yeah. But it's fun. You got to use that energy. Yeah. Nothing's negative energy. Absolutely. It's always positive energy, and you should be nervous going out. Okay. And that I think that's a good reference. And you need point to bring a towel with you. I think that's where we are. Seriously, I, I you, cannot. You wipe go your brow and get on the stage. The few times I've gone to a stage and realized I didn't have a towel there, I was like, oh. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened once or twice. I can't I get have through. Towels on each end in the wings. I have towels yeah. ever because as soon as I have a moment, to go, yeah, go back. I can be standing there. Yeah. Just like park and bark. But when that drenched. sweat gets in your eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm trying to... Yeah. <laughs> sweat gets in your eyes. I was singing this song. A lady <laughs> came up to me after the show. I was singing I Am I Sad, I think, by Neil Diamond. But the sweat was really... She goes, you were really emotional. I saw you crying. And I said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I turned around. That was sweat in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> But good, you know. <laughs> anyway, but do you have a primary website? I do. It's my own name, donlampkin.com. Okay. Yeah, cool. I will That's include that go. link as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here with me, man. Let's do some music. All right. All right. All right. Get you going, get you getting, since you let it down on your daddy's knee. Ain't it the fine place to be? Gaga noggin, papa's rocking, like a mockingbird in a windy tree. Oh yeah. Well, that ain't no place for me. <laughs> Been there one time. Been there two times, been there three times more than I care to be. Oh, we're gonna make it through, get you to me. Life is good, life is fine, life is warm, life is kind, can you feel it? Love is great, love is right, keeps you warm late at night when you need it. Baby boy, daddy's joy, that's a toy, but you don't want to break it. Take it, Solomon. Like a sweet symphony, all you need is the key you can play it. There you go. Hey. I'll get you gooming, get you getting, scintillated down while I have my say. Now don't be running away. <laughs> Gagging, Papa's talking. Don't go walking off like you mean to play. Well, you can have it your way. <laughs> been there one time, been there two times, been there three times more than I care to say. But we're gonna make it through, get you good. 
Oh, life is good, life is fine, life is warm, life is kind. Can you feel it? Yes. Love is great, love is right, keeps you warm late at night when you need it. Baby boy, that is joy, life's a toy, but you don't want to break it. Like a sweet symphony, all you need is the key, you can play it. Here we go, well, one time. Been there one time, been there two times, been there three times more than I care to say. Seen it one time, seen it two times, seen it three times, Lord, and it's plain to see. How we gonna make it through, get you gooey. Da 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 and the fade da 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 get you gooey. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you want to hear more stories like these, remember to hit that subscribe and notification bell to stay in the loop and updated on new episodes. And make sure to check out more from the amazing Don Lampkin at donlampkin.com. D-O-N-N-L-A-M-K-I-N.com. Hey, friends and more friends. If you want to hear more information or see more details about the artists we have on the show, Make sure to visit beyondmediocre.buzzsprout.com and you can also check out the video versions which always have more details available on YouTube. If you want to hear more of my stuff, just type my name Solomon J into your favorite music listening application or visit www.solomonj.com.